Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself will talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we're going to start with Bill Bender, our friend from the Sporting News, College Football. There's been some news made, College Football. Last week, we'll catch up with the latest with Bill, where all the power conferences stand. There are a number of uh, FCS, the MEAC, I uh, saw so the Big Ten or the Big East rather, rather when it comes to basketball and their fall sports. Uh, let me take basketball out of that. Uh, but the fall sports, they are going to uh, make some changes there. So some announcements coming uh, regarding some of uh, some of the other conferences today. We'll catch up with Bill Bender and we'll talk college football with him. Really good piece. Did you see uh, at the Athletic Bruce Feldman's piece on what moving to spring would do uh, regarding? Some of the bigger names in the sport in the upcoming draft. It's not as ominous as you would think. They pulled a bunch of Power Five coaches, and would you lose one to two, zero to five, five to ten? Do you think players would sit out? Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't as bad as you know. Look, there's only 32 guys that are going to go in the first round. Right. This is what makes it difficult for those guys that are, you know, borderline first round or second rounder or borderline drafted period Mm -hmm. that may make that decision but the uh and it was an anonymous poll uh the college football coaches who were uh asked and responded did not were not named in it but maybe not as bad as you think still look a a lot of hurdles to uh, uh overcome if they're going to move to fall but you're starting to see that more and more which tells me we are down to plan d maybe the last gasp as we try and get a hold of this COVID-19 and flatten the curve where it becomes at least feasible in some respects to ask these amateurs to play football. Yeah, I uh, I saw a little bit of the piece and didn't get my whole way through it, but that was one part that there was one coach that said, what, 10 guys? There was yeah, I think there was only one right, that said right. ten or more. So Nick Saban, Nick Saban, or or yeah, maybe maybe not. Could have been Orgeron. He could have been Orgeron. Look at what LSU. How many guys they sent to the draft year but, after year? You know. Clyde Hilaire, he would have been drafted before uh-huh. the season that he put out there. So, That's true. I mean, you have to. That's you why have to it's tape. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know, why here on the local a... level, Alaric Jackson. A lot of people project him second, third round pick, something mm-hmm. like that. But he's banged up for so much of last mm-hmm. year. He needs tape even to solidify being a second or third round pick. Yep. Brock Purdy, he's showing up at the end of some first rounds in yeah, mock in New drafts. New Orleans, I saw him at one yesterday with pick. Uh, pick 31 because they're going to get beat by the Baltimore Ravens in this uh, person's mock draft. But in order for that to happen, he's got to have another season. I tape. agree. He can't go on his first two years. Nope. In order to do that, he's going to have to put up another monster-type season statistically and, and some of the other things that are questions about him in order to do those kind of things. So I, I think the number is more... The realistic guys, there'll be other guys that'll sit out for a myriad of different mm-hmm. reasons, but ones that are and sitting you know out strictly that a lot for the of them draft, get bad advice, and want to listen to yes. that bad advice. You know, there'll be 15, 12 to fifteen. And you say, all right, that makes sense, and then there'll be another twenty to thirty 
boy, that seems like a stretch. Yeah. I don't think he's making the right choice. I right. think he's getting bad advice, those types of questions. I think that's a more realistic mm-hmm. kind of number to shoot for. When you're talking about the power structure and the top programs, overall, 40, 50, something like that. Does that seem about in, in the ballpark? total? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. Somewhere yeah. around there would sit out. if they. And could. there's going to be others that will sit out just because of COVID mm-hmm. and sit out for different reasons. If, again, we're talking about moving this back mm-hmm. to spring. I'm still hopeful. Yeah, so I, I know I was down Tuesday. I'm back. I'm back in, reading more, hopeful more. We've got to flatten the curve. Yes. Plain and simple. Got yep. to, this number's got to... Uh, and uh, Mark Emmerich, who's clueless, not the reporter from the Register, but uh, the one from the NCAA, who they have absolutely zero power when it comes to football. He said this next two weeks are critical. I believe him in that respect. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I think he's right on the money that this, this next two weeks get us to the end of July. Are we seeing any positive signs? And if we are, maybe that um, leads some decisions uh, in different directions. You know, you mentioned people sitting out I don't follow the WNBA. I couldn't yeah. name hardly any players or any franchises. But I've been reading about Elena Deladonna's story. Yeah. Trent, come on. How, what, is, what is that league thinking? This is one of their marquee players in the league. I mean, even I've heard of her. Right. And um, for them to decline her request, she takes 69 pills a day. Here's what I know more about Elena Deladonna than anything. And it was a real sports piece. I'm sure it was real sports. The relationship that he has with her incredibly handicapped sister mm-hmm. and has been her caretaker essentially her entire life and is responsible for her sister's daily being. I mean, Trent, it's, it's an incredible story, and I encourage anybody, you know, if you're if killing some time, got nothing mm-hmm. to do. Watch it. I'm sure it's available online somewhere. But that's what I know about the woman. And then she herself is taking 69 pills every single day. For Lyme's disease, right? Lyme disease, exactly. And the WNBA says to one of their superstars, no, you're going to play or you're not going to be paid. Sorry, you don't qualify. What? In this era that we're living in, in this time we're living in, where... We don't know. Ultimately, every single question you can you can find a scientific, data driven, peer reviewed study to argue each side mm-hmm. of every single point that is out there right now. When it pertains to mass, as it pertains to flattening the curve, what it's going to look like, how bad this is for young people, or how, how scary it can be in going forward for them. On and on and on. Every one of these factors, and that's why I think it's difficult to make these hard and fast rules for everybody because it is different for everybody and for that and for this to not make a special circumstance for somebody like this and even if she wasn't a star right i think she she wasn't a star star, they probably uh, grant her wish maybe would yeah and they just want her out there Uh because she's a marquee name she does and and that drives viewership and that Uh drives uh, what comes with it the revenue that comes along with it when your star sits out the repercussions, though, are oh. just an awful, awful look for it's the a WNBA. terrible look. Terrible look. Speaking of terrible looks, there's a story that broke within the last hour regarding ESPN. And apparently somebody, this is how the story reads at this point. It's on Deadspin. You can read it for yourselves. But it has to do with Rachel Nichols. And as we think back to a former ESPN employee who was videotaped through a peephole uh, in her hotel room mm-hmm. in a couple of different cities uh, in Aaron Andrews, there's now another tape floating around uh, has to do with Rachel Nichols. Now, it's not the same circumstances with Rachel Nichols that we know of. I mean, Aaron Andrews was, 
You know, they taped her naked in her hotel room. Uh, that, that That is not mentioned in the story regarding Rachel Nichols at all, but apparently it's a lengthy conversation or conversation in conversations where somebody is snooping on her and has given the audio to Deadspin in hopes to paint her in a bad light. I guess she's... What what allegedly Deadspin, and Deadspin's not releasing the audio to their credit, because if they yeah. did, they would get a million clicks. Uh, and I, you know, Deadspin, I'm not sure much about their background, but this kind of moves my needle, is kind of impressed that they're not willing to, you know, to put that out there for clicks. And she's talking about, you know, some of the moves that they're making regarding their NBA coverage and some of her, you know, the people that she's working with. And apparently in a private conversation, look, I'm sure over the years, You've ripped the person you work with, right? And a yeah. conversation on the phone privately. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it happens it in every... every um, doesn't matter if you're hawking insurance. doesn't matter absolutely. if you work at radio. doesn't matter where Anything. you are. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're the guy in the next cubicle, whatever. Yep. So you're sick of bringing egg salad sandwiches to, to work for a lot of day. Absolutely. By the time 3 o'clock rolls around, I got to move. Whatever. Um, but that's what it's about. And so this is something to watch. Uh, the other story is something to watch. It's kind of sound like a TMZ edition of Miller and Condon here this morning. Um, this have you been following the Washington Redskins rumors? What is happening here? Help me out because so this has nothing to do with the name, right? Yeah, and this is a story that I first saw on Twitter on Tuesday night that there is about to be a story that's going to drop on the Washington Redskins that Dan Snyder is going to wish that there that this was about the former name of the franchise that plays in the NFC East. This is apparently, and again, it's all rumors and speculation at this point, but the Washington Post apparently is sitting on this major bombshell damning story that is going to reverberate through the NFL and particularly through the Redskins franchise. And Dan Snyder is apparently caught up in in it, and maybe Jay Gruden, and maybe some of the uh, Redskins are the Washington franchise's cheerleaders, but the but for whatever reason, Tuesday was going to drop. Then it was Wednesday. Then it was today. So what this tells me is this story is written, but it is now in the hands of the Washington Post legal department. Absolutely, because this is going to be so big that if they don't have every I dotted and every single T crossed. That they want to make damn sure that there's no backlash that comes their way from this story. They want to make sure every single thing about it is absolutely right. So, um, thought it was going to be today. I did too. But I don't think they're going to put it out, say, now during our show because it wouldn't have made the paper. Look, the paper still matters. Yes. You yes. want it in black and white. You and want and it... certainly the Washington Post. Yeah, matters. I'm sure there's, it does. There's two newspapers that seem to matter anymore. New York. Washington. Yep. Those are the ones that still... Mm-hmm. LA Times, maybe? Eh, I don't know. It doesn't... Those two, to me, at least, have the most clout. Mm-hmm. The most national coverage. Do you hear anybody... No, they both have, their, they both have problems. I mean, you, the New York Times has not had a good year, let's right. be honest. But do you hear of anybody going out even a decade ago, 20 years ago, and getting the LA Times on Sunday? But you hear New York Post. You hear Washington Post. See, I picked the up the tabloid, tabloids <laughs> when I'm going through the airport, just because yeah. it was easier to read on the plane. Boy, sure. I missed those days. A, I missed the days of flying. B, I missed the days of flying with a newspaper in my hand. Those two are the big ones there. And last night, it was so interesting, and I just saw basically retweets, but the people that are either on the Washington football beat mm-hmm. or people that work in sports in D.C., 
this bombshell's come, but I can't say anything. Right. And it was it wasn't just one or two. It you was know why they can't say anything. I think they know Trent, but they don't want to be first. And everybody wants to be first most of the time, right? Unless it's this. Unless it's this. this How is, big can this be? That's why I think it's huge, right? Because I think it would have it would have come out. I think there's enough people in uh, the world of journalism that know about it. But because this is so big, this would be a career ender if they got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah a career ender if they got it wrong. And so we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's supposed to come out today. Maybe it'll come out tomorrow. But look, I'm looking. I know you don't have it in front of you. The what's trending or what's happening? I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh, and Dan Snyder's been on mine. What's on mine right now? Hope Hicks, uh, Governor Kemp bans masks in Georgia, and Dan Snyder. Those are the three. Those are the three that are that are trending on uh, on my Twitter. Hope Hicks. I'll have to click on that. Uh, anyways, so. Today, maybe, but be on the lookout for it because it's uh, apparently going to be way bigger than the name change of the Washington football franchise. Did I see the radio play-by-play guy resign? A bunch of people have resigned. Florio broke over the weekend that three of the minority owners of the Redskins are desperately trying to sell their portion of the the team. Uh, We saw the FedEx thing. FedEx didn't want their name associated with it now. They said, and rightfully so, they don't want to be associated with the name any longer. But what was it that, you know, that all of a sudden, I mean, they've been called, they were called that when they decided to write that check and put their name on the, uh, uh, on the facility. Did I ever tell you FedEx uh, uh, threatened to sue me? FedEx? FedEx threatened to sue me. What'd you do? Well, I told you I had all those fanatic names, domains, right? Like I had 500, I had every Power 5 conference team, most of the NFL teams, and I couldn't get, well... Former name, fanatic.com. Uh-huh. So I was trying to figure out, I got all the NFCs. What the hell can I get? So I, I grabbed FedEx Fanatic. Uh-huh. And FedEx reached. I don't know how they found out that I that I bought it and send me a cease and desist and turn this over to us immediately letter. So this uh, this didn't. So I work ran to the well. post office and filled out the stuff and <laughs> sent it to him very quickly. Very quickly. That that moved the other way. So this did not work out as well as the guy that's sitting on all the DC team names as he's waiting for yeah, the money right. as he has the domains as he's mm-hmm. been sitting on for. For years, it sounds yeah. like. What a crazy story that is, too. But you know what? That's good thinking on his part because yes. it only costs. What does it cost? Ten bucks a year, I think, to get one. I've still got some. Yeah. I'm, in fact, I've got one that's due, and I think I'm going to let it. Septembercallup.com. Oh, yeah. I, I own that, and it's due, and I think I'm going to let it go. I'll tell you the one that I think is worth the most money, and I'm just waiting to make my fortune. Okay. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. I own bloggertalk.com. Bloggertalk.com. Blogortalk.com. Blogortalk.com. Not blogger. No, you want to blog? You want to talk? You want to do a podcast? You want to do a blog? I got a home for you. Just put it up there. Put up the content. Well, and I wanted to do it during this political season because yeah. both both parties can't spend enough money. Right. And yeah. two and 2022, both parties won't be able to spend enough money. Mm-hmm. And 2024, and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. So you got to set up. I, this is my retirement. I just got to right. find the right backer, 284-5966. <laughs> but don't you think that's a good it domain? It is a good one. I, I like that one. Uh, I know you got a lot of those. I you, got you're a, million, always, a million ideas. Yeah.
Uh, none of them ever work. Well, outside. someday one will. Well, and I think this bloggertalk.com, yes. I own this bad boy. All right, Bill Bender coming up on college football. So why are you more optimistic today than you were uh, when was it you were really down? Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday was after the Yahoo stuff came out from family. Oh, and that was bad, wasn't it? It, it was. I was it the just, same way. It really pulled me down. Mm-hmm. I, I think it goes hand in hand, though. I went back again last night, and I was reading through Jamie Pollard's letter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's so, so well written. It's so transparent. Right. This isn't coach speak. This right. isn't a bunch of cliches. No, this isn't a, we need money, please yeah, write checks. Right. This isn't... Hey, we'd really like to bowl in the end zone. Mm-hmm. We need your. That's not what this is. Mm-hmm. In order to survive, we need to. No, this is reality. This is where we're at. This is what college uh-huh. sports look like, and college sports, you know, outside of that top tier power structure, those top really five programs maybe in college sports that are just above and beyond. You know, Ohio State, they play in their own really rules, and, and you look at the success that they've had compared to everybody else in the Big Ten. They're their own entity inside the conference. Them, Texas, because of the state and the money that comes in there, these are programs that they do live at a different level. For Iowa State, still plenty of money coming in there during a normal year. Mm-hmm. But when this goes away, just Oof. how quickly things can fall apart yeah. for them. And, and how much the university's lost since this started back in March. Right. Did you see the story today? Just um, one, just one on Pollard's sure. list. My only, I guess... Um, Question that I would have the, the the scholarships and that was a big amount of money. I think it was nine was it nine million dollars or something like that that the athletic department spends on scholarships. But isn't that kind of taking it out of your left pocket and putting it in your right pocket? There are some universities that, at least in the past, and I don't know if that's changed, but I know back when I was in school that that wasn't the case. And there was talk. You and I, for a number of years, tried to get that because some of their brethren in the Missouri Valley Conference. They didn't actually have to pay that scholarship money to the university because the going was, well, we are spotlighting the university, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't go there. So for, and I think it was maybe just top tier, it was like football and men's basketball, women's basketball were the only ones that actually you didn't have to pay that scholarship money back to it. But it's still real. And and I know for Iowa State and Iowa and you and I, that money needs to go back to the university and and needs to help them become solvent. So that $9 million, that's a real number. Okay, all right. It's a real number. And, and in this time where universities are also struggling as much as they are, Finally. and you got 700 kids yeah. that are student athletes and saying, all right, 700 at $20,000 a year, mm-hmm. and that's coming out of the coffers, that's going to hurt the bottom line of the yeah. university too. And, and you just can't make that go away. Left, right, left pocket, right pocket. But I, I get your point, and I'm going to defer to you on that because I don't know enough about it. Here, but, before we get back, go ahead. Yeah, well, the, the one thing that I read this morning that did get me hopeful again yeah. was – a piece in Sports Illustrated, uh, sportsillustrated.com, by Ross Dellinger. Yeah, and very good writer. Talked about inside the SEC meetings and conversations that are happening now between the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 to salvage maybe not a full three-game or four-game non Because those are the schedule. only three Power Fives that haven't made their announcement yet. But, of course, with the SEC and the ACC, you have Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Clemson, South Carolina, Clemson. Georgia Tech, Georgia. Bam, bang. You have these traditional mm-hmm. matchups. Louisville, that, Kentucky. Yes, another great one there. These rivalry games. Can we find a way to either keep our conference schedule for the ACC and the SEC at eight and have two non-conference games to get to ten, mm-hmm. or go to nine and just have one mm-hmm. and do it that route? So those conversations are happening, and the conversations, it's not just kicking the can down the road. It, it doesn't feel like that, that... Uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they have it right, 
and everybody else is just putting their head in the sand. I don't see it that way the more that I go through I it. I do go back to a point you made last week, though, Trent, and it kind of stopped me in my tracks because it was right on the money. When you mentioned the fact that the, there's no leadership in college football, no national leadership, no. In, and I'm not saying that, I mean, no, I'm not, this isn't a breaking news. But, but your point about the Big Ten can put their protocols in place, mm-hmm. and they know that if your pl- Big Ten's playing Big Ten, that the protocols are going to be followed. If there's a Big 12 protocol, if there's an ACC, if yes. there's an SEC, that's the, maybe not the fear's not the right word. But, but you're the compressing one- it together, and you're, you're doing it with very like-minded universities that mm-hmm. have the same money. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Iowa, Iowa State, in the grand scheme of things, you knew that Iowa State, Iowa knew Iowa State, their protocols were probably going to be fine. But I told you about that story I heard of the SEC AD. They were scheduled to play an FCS team. They were going to send a bunch of doctors to that university, test the group, the team that they were bringing in on Monday, and then again on Friday when they got to campus, they were going to test their whole team twice with their own mm-hmm. doctors from the SEC to the school that they were playing. That's how concerned they Before were. They because they took the field to get slaughtered on Saturday. Right. The Citadel doesn't have money falling <laughs> out that they can test, you know, test over right. a two-week period 350 times, whatever mm-hmm. it takes. The SEC does have that kind of money. Yeah. And part of the guarantee that you're going to pay, well, it's going to go this way. And maybe your guarantee goes a little bit smaller, but we're going to make sure for our student-athletes that they are out there and have the best side of that. So that, that may be hopeful reading through that today, knowing that those conversations are happening. Mm-hmm. And I think... The likelihood that this is going to start. Tuesday, I said no chance. I, I just, I was down in the dumps so much, it felt like there's no way it's going to happen. And more and more this week, I've become hopeful again as the week has gone on that it's going to start. Is it going to finish? I'm not ready to go there, but it's going to start. We're going to no. see fo- college football starting up late August, early September. Uh, back to the uh, BMW Des Moines guest list. We never got past Bill Bender, and we'll hear from him here <laughs> in about college five football minutes. Here to yeah, open things really. up. And, and TMZ. Uh, <laughs> so, so Bill Bender, uh, our friends at the Food Bank of Iowa have a major, major, major event tomorrow at the uh, fairgrounds uh, tomorrow morning. Let me get the uh, precise details in front of us. Uh, uh, Food Bank of Iowa drive up mobile pantry tomorrow with meat and perishable items for those of you in need. It's at the fairgrounds tomorrow from nine until noon. So Michelle Book, the CEO of the Food Bank of Iowa, is going to join us. But again, this is a major event. Uh, if you are one of the families that are going through these hard times right now, uh, tomorrow from 9 until noon, or if you know someone, uh, please pass this information on to them. 9 to noon tomorrow at the Iowa State Fairgrounds Food Bank Major drive-up uh, pantry tomorrow, 9 to noon, at the fairgrounds. So Michelle Book will join us uh, to shed some more light on that, and she'll join us at about 10.50. At 11 o'clock, Chris Cuellar from the Boys Athletic Union. Uh, they met yesterday, um, a major meeting, would we call it that? Yeah, fall planting meeting, uh-huh. uh, one of... Not their first, certainly, and not their last, right. but another deeper This was an all-hands-on-deck is yes. kind of how I took it. Yeah, everybody, uh, let, let's all get together and let's start hammering out every detail that we can come up with, everything that's been you know, talked about from the ADs and the coaches on down, and, and see where we're going to be for high school sports coming up this fall and, and looking forward. Jeff Lindor of the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette, of course, had that proposal, mm-hmm. moving things around, and, and what's the likelihood of that? So, tons of questions, still got... Another week to go here, uh, just over a week to go before the brackets will be set for the state Uh tournament. And I got a lot of questions there for Chris, too. My two biggest ones, as it pertains to high school baseball, is 
Substate finishes up as they get ready to descend to Principal Park, a positive case. Mm. Does that mean all of a sudden the 18 bracket, whatever class you're talking about, becomes a 17 bracket? Or forfeit to the next round. Or does the team that got beat in Substate, if there's enough time, do they get to go? To the state tournament. That's a good question, Trent. I think you would just advance the team that mm-hmm. was. Well, we'll see. That's a good one for Chris Cuellar. He'll join us at eleven oh five. And what does uh, what decisions, if anything? I'm sure there was. There had, well, we know there was conversation regarding high school football. Mm-hmm. What came out of it? And then Roshan Corporation, one of our more memorable teams. We're going back in the way back, and we wouldn't have done this today had we not been able to uh, lock Eric Heft up. Uh, to join the show at 11.25, because how old were you in 1985-86? I was six. You were six. Um, I was, well, regardless of how old I was, I was in Canada, and I didn't see... Well, <laughs> not a none. lot of clone games up yeah, there. Not a lot of Iowa State games. Well, we're looking at the 85-86 Iowa State. I mean, look, at you know the roster mm-hmm. now. Lots of names. Lots of names on the roster, but I certainly know nothing about them. I can't say that I saw one single game, and if we wouldn't have got Eric Heft... It wouldn't have been much of a segment, so he will join us to help us out with the 85-86 Iowa State men's basketball program. We're underway. We're late. Bill Bender's coming up, but before we do that, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword RICH to 200-200 right now, kind of like I'm going to be when I sell bloggertalk.com. RICH to 200 200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we will come back. We'll talk uh, with Bill Bender from uh, the Sporting News. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get right to him. He's Bill Bender from the Sporting News, one of our weekly college football guests. He joins us. Bill, Trenton, Ken, thank you for uh, coming on. How's things, Bill Bender? Uh, we're doing all right here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you coming on. So, Tuesday, Trent and I were kind of in the dumps a little bit. Uh, we'd read Pete Thamel's piece <laughs> at Yahoo, and uh, he's um, gloom and doom, and I get it. I'm feeling a little bit better. 48 hours, Bill Bender. That um, that it seems like. Look, of course, they're doing all they can to see what they can put in place so we can pull this off, at least in some shape, form, or fashion. Where are you, Bill? Positive? Where's your positive meter as we sit here on July the 16th? Whether we'll have college football? I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. It's one of those. I, I I'm not necessarily positive but maybe a little bit more than a couple days ago i mean they just got to get the numbers down it looks like power five conferences are working on a comprehensive plan to get the athletes tested and that's the best hope we can have and again i think if we get a start in october do just conference games which the big 10 went ahead and did that we might have a chance so you think october makes more sense as opposed to trying to because of the time needed to you know, to flatten that curve, Bill, to get it going in the right direction, you think pushing back probably is the best solution? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I think when you look at the timetable and you need six to seven weeks built in just to get a, a game going um, or get your team ready, yeah, I think it's one of those things that we, we definitely have to have that built in. So I'm not in a rush to start things on September 
fifth. I mean, it would be nice, but I mean, just across the board, you're seeing high schools cancel, Ken. Yeah, I, I mean, high school football, and when you're seeing that, and, and the numbers are still where they're at. I mean, Ohio, we thought we were going to get in another lockdown yesterday, but the governor just told us to wear a mask. So, um, it, it's one of those things where, like you said, I mean, the, the tenor of it does change from day to day. It seems to be going back and forth. There was a, an article by Ross Dellinger yes, uh, this morning that I saw at Sports Illustrated talking about with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, their decision to go conference games only, the other three of the Power Five structure, SEC, ACC, and Big 12 getting together and finding out ways to either keep the rivalry games, the Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State on down, keep those games in place, and maybe come up with a way that they can add, if not a full non-conference schedule, an extra game in there along with the conference games that that they decided to play. Do you, do you like the idea? And does It made me more hopeful that we're going to see some form and fashion of college football coming up this fall. Your thoughts on that and those three conferences getting together? I mean, yeah, you want to balance it out as much as you can. I know I think there was a little bit of a rift when the Big Ten made their decision and mm-hmm. the Pac-12 made their decision, but in the South they do football their way too. And, um, you know, if they could get to eight or nine games, I think it legitimizes the season. One thing with the SEC and ACC that's a little bit different than the Big Ten is they do have a lot of their traditional rivalries across conference. Uh, Florida State, Kentucky, Louisville, South Carolina, Clemson, just to name a few. And um, they want to protect those two, and I get that. So hopefully, like I said, if those numbers go down in those states, and those are the states that are facing that crunch a little bit more, then we'll have a chance. Bill, I want to uh, pick up on uh, your piece on the Georgia quarterback. Uh, I guess controversy that would be on once the once Georgia does open up camp. Uh, we saw in the Holiday Bowl last year that uh, Slovis is absolutely legit, and you know where he is in his eligibility. He's going to be there for a while, and that opened up the door to uh, JT Daniels looking for another home. Uh, Jamie Newman thought he'd found a home where he was going to be able to start his final year after he transfers from Wake Forest, and he was terrific last year, both uh, as a dual threat quarterback. Uh, but Daniels and Newman, this is going to be one of those quarterback battles uh george is going to be in a great spot whoever wins this spot that'll be fun to watch bill well for sure i mean jt daniels obviously a talented quarterback and this is a pivotal season for georgia in terms of it looks like they're going to shift their offensive philosophy at least a little bit if they go with newman um a guy that's very good and it definitely has a chance to start and then jt coming in there and at the very least adds quarterback depth and gives them an option for the following couple seasons um so, yeah, and then they got a five-star freshman coming in behind those guys. So Georgia oh. doesn't have any problems at quarterback, and Kirby continues to recruit well, and it's just a matter of can they win that national championship. I know you wrote last week about Notre Dame. There were so many questions that were swirling at that time after the Big Ten's announcement, and if everybody went that way, where's Notre Dame going to fall? Well, ACC is going to pick them up. It's Notre Dame. They're not going to have trouble finding teams to play to complete whatever kind of schedule they have. What about Brian Kelly's squad, though, this year? It looks to be another pretty talented team, more in the lines of uh, maybe a chance to make a run. But your thought overall on this squad, as long as we get football, of course, always the caveat. But what do you think of Notre Dame coming into 2020? I mean, they're going to have a good team. They're good. They've got an experienced quarterback. They lost a lot, you know, skill position-wise, but that's okay. I mean, Brian Kelly's done a good job with the offensive line there. They've got some talent on defense. And, you know, their schedule actually worked out. If they get a non-con game, if they get the ACC game, but they should, they'll be able to put a schedule together, too. I mean, these people that are like, Notre Dame won't be able to play. 
Good right. luck. I mean, they'll, <laughs> right. they'll get their gate. They'll get that Clemson game, believe me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they lose Wisconsin, USC, and Stanford, and those were three of their tougher games. So I think it made their schedule easier, but it also probably made their schedule, like if they're actually going to do this thing, they're going to have to win them all. You know, I saw Barry Alvarez come out, and he's he's determined to reschedule uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Lambeau Field. Bill, of all the non-conference games, and there were certainly there's a, there's always a a, uh, a good slate of them that we salivate for, that we wait all you know off season for for some of these games. But maybe if I, if I was asked, the one that I would I'm going to miss the most, perhaps it has to do with the venue. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin had a chance to be terrific. I did. I mean, that was obviously you can see a game in Lambeau Field between those two teams that haven't played since '64 and kind of do things the same way in a lot of ways. I mean, Wisconsin's kind of that Big Ten school that Notre Dame hasn't got a piece of over the years, and it'd be a fun game to watch. I mean, two that I'm going to miss. I mean, the Oregon Ohio State game looked like a top ten showdown mm-hmm. off the go, and then another Oregon game, just for different reasons. Like, kind of wanted to see North Dakota State play them. Because I wanted to see Trey Lance go at it yeah. against that Ducks defense. And, you know, North Dakota State, I mean, aside from winning three straight national <laughs> championships, they uh, they uh, definitely, uh, um, you know, they definitely had a chance to pick off another Power 5 opponent there, and that was their opportunity to do it. How did Trey Lance end up at North Dakota State? Do you know, I mean, Carson Wentz, uh, a quasi-local kid from the, uh, from the state of North Dakota. How, how did Lance get there? Do you have any idea? And some guys slipped through the cracks, obviously. And he found a system. I mean, North Dakota State's going to be successful. Yep. And that's how that happened. I mean, he definitely got a chance to succeed. Uh, Carson follows Carson Wentz. And you now there are some people that think he could be a top-five pick. Mm-hmm. And then, again, I mean, to see that against Oregon, that game had a little bit of a Michigan App State feel to it. A little bit. not yeah. Maybe not on that scope because we've seen it now. But it, it just had a little bit of that feel. Bill, yesterday Michigan comes out with their new ticket policy, and I read through it, and then I think I was more confused than when I started when I saw the headline and I clicked on the link. I know you wrote at it over at SportingNews.com. Fill us in. What, what's different about this Michigan policy? No season tickets, but season ticket holders can buy tickets if they can get into the game. I don't know. I'm confused. Help me out. Um, they just, They're going to sell tickets on a game-to-game policy. And- yeah. Season ticket holders and students can get in. Nothing to the general public. I think, you know, that and I, you know, they're one of the. That, that's probably going to be the norm. Uh, you know, I think there'll be limited capacity across most college football stadiums. The bigger you your stadium is, the better off you'll be. But I, I just don't know that we'll see any full stadiums this season if we actually have college football. So what Michigan's doing is going to probably be closer to the norm. Well, if we get through the entire season, we don't have fans. How weird's January first going to be in the Rose Bowl's empty, with the exception of the playoff game? I mean, they canceled the parade yesterday, and that's—I mean—that's an institution for crying out loud. Um, how weird it might might that be? Look, it'll—it will have hit home by then that you know they're playing in empty buildings, but that might do it for me. That might be the topper. And yeah, it's definitely another stadium where you're wondering where. If they don't play, what's it going to look like? I mean, a whiteout at Penn State. Yeah, um, true. Jerry World, the Cotton Bowl. I mean, the list goes on. And this is just part of the sad reality of, of we have a season. I mean, you saw with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL, mm-hmm. it ain't happening. So it's going to make for a unique experience. I think we'll get a taste of that when baseball starts. But um, 
unfortunately, this is the world we live in right now. It is. You know, back to Trent's point, a, a question about the ACC, SEC, and the in the Big Twelve. Could you can you see a, a pathway if if the Big Twelve wants to play ten games and finances being what they are? Um, obviously, David Harris was Jamie Pollard's assistant at Iowa State. There was a relationship there, but look, every school is going to be trying to do whatever they can to shore up their budget. I think that they're going to just keep it in conference, Bill. Could you see the Big Twelve? You know, one opponent, maybe that be the first opponent that ends up or that shows up on their schedule. That the big two Big Twelve schools are going to play twice in the season, as opposed to going out of state or, or going out of conference and writing another check. Because I could see that. I mean, yeah, it's certainly an option for some of these schools, and I think they've just got to make sure that everything checks out. I mean, if you can make the logistics between two conferences work, then then maybe that can happen. But I think again. You know, it comes down to the testing protocols. It comes down to which states, you know, there are states that are going to have quarantine orders probably at that point. And I, I mean, these are all the things that have to be considered that college football administrators have no control over. So I, I applaud them. They're doing as best as they can to save the season. But there are still a ton of logistical hurdles left. Uh, the the Big 12 backing up their virtual media days, was that an ominous sign? Some people took it that way. I did not. Did you? No, I don't think it's an ominous sign because they, what are they going to talk about? Exactly. Like right now, you're not going to ask Tom Herman about his left tackle at this point. All the questions are going to be COVID-related. So I, I don't see it the same. I kind of see it the same way as you do. I think, you know, they do media days when there's football to talk about and not COVID restrictions and how are you dealing with COVID? Right. What do you do about COVID? Right. And I think that's the big thing there. Indeed it would have been. Thank you, Bill Bender. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender, college football conversation from the sportingnews.com. I don't want to spoil this because I'm ahead of the showtime. You don't get showtime, do you? I do not know. So there's a, there's a Sunday night feature, um, regarding a, a Texas high school athlete who okay. was, his name is Chad Kelly. And he was accused and convicted of raping a child. Jeez, in the state of Texas. And this kid was—he got—he was received a scholarship, uh, accepted a scholarship from uh, UT San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And this hit the fan. And uh, the, the show was actually only aired twice, but for some reason, I don't know what I'm doing with my package. But I can go ahead weeks. Really. So when when I taped the one on Sunday night and I watched it, it asked me if I want to watch next week's. And you can. Yes. It's pretty nice. Right. So see, uh, episode three airs Sunday night. I'm our, I'm on episode five. So I'm going to stop right there because I know that a lot of people are, if, if you are, it's yeah. a fascinating show. Huh. It really and truly is good. Um, show's called Outcry. Outcry. All right. Anyways, we'll come back. We will... Um, Talk to Michelle Book, Mm -hmm. the CEO of the Food Bank of Iowa. They have a major, major food drive tomorrow uh, at the fairgrounds from 9 until noon. Michelle Book joins us next as we take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 
Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Gent and I take you until noon. Uh, Chris Cuellar from the Iowa Boys Athletic Association will join us at 11.05. And then Eric Heft, Roshan Corporation, will take a look back at some of the more memorable teams in the state of Iowa. Uh, we're focusing on the 85-86 Iowa State men's basketball program, and Eric Heft will carry that segment. Uh, Dylan Lapp from the uh, uh, from the Food Bank of Iowa Pitch Hitting for Michelle Book. They have a major, major, major event tomorrow. It takes place at the fairgrounds. It's a drive-up mobile pantry. The last time one of these was held... Uh, they served over 5,000 people. That's great. 5,000 individuals. It's unbelievable. Tomorrow, weather is certainly promising. Yeah, you stay in your car anyways, mm-hmm. uh, but the fairgrounds tomorrow from 9 to 2. Dylan joins us. Dylan, Trenton, Ken, NCMIC makes it possible. Thank you for coming on, Dylan, sharing some, shedding some light on what promises to be a very busy morning for you folks over at the Food Bank of Iowa. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us on, guys. Uh, yeah, tomorrow will be a very busy day. We're looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be nice to be out at the fairgrounds. Uh, we'll be there bright and early getting set up. Uh, as you mentioned, the event will be from 9 a.m. to noon. We'll be distributing uh, meat and other perishable food items. The last time we did this, we saw about 1,800 cars come wow. through, and we're expecting a similar uh, number tomorrow as the need continues to be high due to covid so um we're we're looking forward to to getting that all taken care of tomorrow and, and dylan uh, just uh, for those people who may be listening or may know of someone who could uh, uh, potentially uh, use uh, this support tomorrow you don't have to register in advance or anything like that right you just essentially show up at the fairgrounds from nine until noon and get in line there's there's none there's no pre-registration required correct that's right. There are no requirements to attend. Anyone um, who is in need of assistance is welcome to attend. As you mentioned, uh, everyone will stay in their cars. We'll have staff and volunteers loading food into car trunks uh, so that there's no uh, person-to-person contact. So it's a really smooth operation. The team's worked really hard to, to keep things safe and to, to make sure that this flows well. You know, you, you think of the food bank, and I, I know when we donate items, it's the non-perishable items. It's box goods, it's things in cans, things like that. And this is so great because it, it's not just those things that you put up in the cupboard. These are things that people can use right away and things mm-hmm. maybe that haven't been part of their diets and getting the protein and, and everything else out there. Uh, tell us a little bit how this comes together. And you know, I think we know pretty well the the normal side, at least as we think of it, the Food Bank of Iowa, but but getting these types of items and getting them to the families. Yeah, this is really important stuff. Uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're usually not at a shortage for canned goods. And, and while that's important, we really love to be able to give perishable items such as fruit and vegetables and protein. Uh, it's an important staple uh, in, in everyone's diet or for everyone's diet. And so we're, we're thankful for donations that allow us to be able to provide protein to families in need. Um, it's, it's stuff that goes out of our inventory very quickly, as you can imagine. Yep. So we're happy to be able to provide this. Uh, tomorrow. Nine to noon. Uh, nine to noon at the fairgrounds tomorrow. We talked to Michelle. Oh, first or second week of June. She said June was trending to be the busiest month that you guys have had. I'm assuming, sadly, uh, it ended up as one of your busier months, correct? It was in terms of the 
the pounds distributed, it was our busiest month in the organization's history. It was a 55% increase over June of 2019, which was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a testament to the team and the hard work that went into getting that food out the doors, the increased number of truck routes, the number of hours our drivers are putting on the road, um, the office team, everyone involved, um, you know, is putting in extra work to make sure that we're meeting the need. Um, and then, yes, yeah, sadly, the need is 55% more, uh, or was in June. So um, it just it just really shows we're starting to get some more of that data that comes in, uh, showing us what that need looks like, and we just expect that to continue to, to stay elevated. So tomorrow is the, the food drive at the State Fairgrounds, again, 9 to noon for that one. Also coming up this month, you have your Smoke Out Hunger, one of your big annual events, going virtual this year. Tell us a little bit what's happening uh, this year coming up with uh, the Smoke Out for Hunger event. Yeah, sadly, we're not going to be able to congregate at Brenton Skating mm-hmm. Plaza and enjoy, enjoy delicious barbecue food and craft beer together. But uh, a handful of restaurants have signed on to prepare meals that night. So um, it's a collaborative effort, uh, you know, to to give some business locally and then also support the food bank as well. So um, they prepared these special meals so everybody can go out to our website, foodbankiowa.org. Tickets are on sale through Wednesday, and uh, they can choose the restaurant that they would like to order a meal from. Uh, they'll just go pick up the meal that evening and enjoy it at home uh, with their, their family or friends. So um, we're thankful to be able to partner with these restaurants to be able to keep the name alive and look forward to seeing everybody back uh, for a physical event, hopefully, uh, next summer. Yeah, Trent and I have been fortunate. We've been able to uh, promote that heavily in the weeks leading up to it, so this will be year number five. Of course, one of the other things that the Food Bank of Iowa and everybody, quite honestly, throughout the state are watching very closely is is, is to whether or not schools will be back in session. What does that mean to you guys at the Food Bank of Iowa if indeed there is a delay uh, in getting the kids physically back in the classroom? What does that mean for the Food Bank of Iowa if there is no uh, schools that are opening up, at least in the beginning of the 2020 school year? You know, in in normal times, we would be distributing about a little over 5,000 backpacks each week to kids in need uh, to send them home with a little bit of food each weekend. Uh, Without schools being open, that's a challenge. So we have to work to find ways to get food to uh, children and families across our 55 county service areas. So uh, we're working with schools across our our um, our geographical region to uh, work to get their school pantries open or to offer different uh, options so that we can get uh, food to these families and, and children. So if schools are open, hopefully we can, um, you know, get food traditional like we do traditionally, but uh, we likely will have to get creative again and, and figure out ways to get food to children. It's just it's super important for their learning and development. Um, and just it affects so much of their lives if, if they don't have, you know, nutritious meals. No question. All right. In our final minute here, Dylan, uh, the, again, the event tomorrow, major event tomorrow. It is a, a drive up mobile pantry at the state fairgrounds. Uh, 3,000 East Grand, obviously, 9 to noon. Uh, and you don't have to pre-register. If you know, if anybody in our listening audience knows of a family who perhaps could use this help tomorrow, there's meat and perishable items uh, at this one tomorrow. Just show up from 9 until noon. You'll stay in your car. They'll flip open the trunk. The uh, uh, the meals will be placed right in the trunk and no contact process. But uh, if you haven't participated in this, you're welcome to show up if indeed there's a need, correct? That's right. You nailed it. 
Good stuff. Dylan Lampy from the Food Bank of Iowa. Dylan, best of luck. I hope it's a huge success. Uh, sadly, you're going to see a whole lot of cars tomorrow. What are you anticipating? Will you will you break 2,000 cars tomorrow through this, do you think? Yeah, I think they were preparing for about the same number. The last time we did this, we had about we had six hours instead of three hours, but we were packing bags uh, as cars came through, too, that day. So everything's pre-packed this time, so we've got the quantities ready, so we're ready for for all those uh, who, are, who are in need tomorrow. Good stuff, Dylan. Best of luck in the event. We'll talk to you or Michelle in the weeks ahead as the need arises. All right. We appreciate you guys so much. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Lampy from uh, Food Bank of Iowa. Major food by a food bank drive through 9 to noon, fairground. So I guess what do you end off? A university? Uh, yeah, that, that seems that's right. Main yeah. entrance, right? Yep. Uh, tomorrow, 9 until noon. If you or someone that you know of is in need, please pass that message along. Uh, hour two coming up next. We will start things off with Chris Cuellar from the Boys Union. What came out of their meeting yesterday? We'll find out. Trent's got a bunch of baseball questions uh, surrounding, well, the state as we get closer to Principal Park. Substate games start tomorrow. Start to- are you a- and you're out tomorrow, right? West Des Moines Valley hosting nice. Indianola. Uh, and Eric Heft will join us as well. Hour two.